pretty people. Welcome to this little old episode of the 280, hosted exclusively by me, your loving, gracious, gratuitous, and moderately greasy host. Now, I'm genuinely grateful that you've decided to join me. I am. But mama ain't raised no fibber. And I gotta admit, I got a bone to pick with those of you listening that know me in the real world. Know me in a non-computerized manner. My first episode took me about eight hours to edit. And roughly five of those hours consisted solely of the process of cutting and removing the seemingly infinite instances in which I heard myself utter the words like and um, genuine hours, as well as some tears along the way, not gonna lie. And the final product was still jam-packed with my little Valley Girl filler words. And as such, I pose a question for those in the audience that I interact with daily in the real world. You know, the real one with like grass and trees and leaves and homework and shit. The one where I get a little shaky after my third cup of coffee. Not the fake cyber one where my self-esteem and self-respect go to die. Of those real world folks who cross paths with real world me, I am curious to know when y'all were planning on informing me that I had picked up these Kardashian ass speech patterns. Seriously, in that first episode, it was like I was possessed by a Malibu trophy wife. Every fourth word out of my godforsaken mouth was one of those damn filler words. It was so painful to listen back to. My guest was killing it, and I'm just there like, so, um, apparently you're... Your daddy was like um Muslim or whatever. And your mom was your mom was like a Christian. Like that was probably um that was probably um, so weird for you, right? Um I I was insufferable. I was insufferable. I'll I'll admit it. But good news. I am just the right amount of self-conscious that I will now be hyper-fixating on reducing my usage of said fillers. And you know, there's nowhere to go but up. Anyways, I'm actually not here to recap my first episode. I have got a brand new little doozy of an episode for you today. Most of y'all don't know me quite well enough to know this, so allow me to be the first to inform you. I am a confrontational and mischievous little bitch boy. I always have been. And while I've undoubtedly mellowed over the last few years, it remains an unavoidable, inevitable aspect of the Carson Buller experience. Now, those personality traits aren't unique to me, and they're not even all that interesting to me anymore, honestly. But what is interesting is their origin. I've always wondered about their origin. I'm not a scientist by any means. In fact, science was one of my main sleeping classes in high school, and I don't know jack shit about psychology. So I don't know if my instigating tendencies are innate and genetic or simply molded by the environments that all the previous iterations of me have traversed, or even if it's a, it's a concoction of a tad bit of both, I am ignorant regardless. But my uneducated guess has led me to the assumption that childhood experience is responsible for the vast majority of personality development. I know, I know, fucking groundbreaking. I know that's blatantly obvious in regards to trauma, but my instinct is that it's much deeper than that. Obviously, our big life events are big life events for a reason. 
but I feel like we're far too prone to overlooking the character development that appears in the mundane. And I also know that this podcast format would very easily allow me to bring on an actual scientist to explain what we actually know of the human psyche to date. But why go through all that hassle when I could just talk about it with my little sister's roommate's best friend? So, welcome, y'all, to the 280. I hope you enjoy your time here. Thank you for coming back for seconds, and thanks in advance for coming back for thirds. He's like he's like six nine. That's like that's too much. <laughs> Extremely tall, six nine, six eleven. He has to order his pants online. I mean, I do too. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's exclusive to six nine people. Huh? Do most like, guys I feel like a just lo- like order pants online? I think a lot of people order pants online. I feel and like that's kind of how like online shopping works. See, no, I can't order pants online. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh my god. <laughs> it's my favorite sound in the world. I love it so much. I I would genuinely sit in my bed for 20 minutes at a time staring at the ceiling trying to perfect mimicking that exact sound. Really? I'll sit in my bed and sometimes I got it, sometimes I just don't. Sometimes, I don't know, it's such a difficult like No, I just sit in my bed and talk to myself. Like I don't <laughs> I don't mimic sounds. I sit there and talk to myself like I'm crazy. I do I do kind of in a sense. I don't full on like have conversation. Uh, no. Okay. I do, but it's not like I talk to myself and then I respond back to myself. Mm-hmm. It's that when I am talking to myself, it's because I am talking to a separate character in a scenario that I'm imagining. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like I'm just imagining a scenario where I am in the fucking scenario <laughs> as imagination works, yes. which is really normal. I do but that I when also I'm angry. Yeah, like um, I'm fighting with somebody. In you my mean head. going through um, what you should have said? Oh yeah, like in the shower. What you wish you would have said. You just start yelling at people in the I shower. I am. <laughs> I don't know. Honestly, I have to <laughs> throw hands. I have the opposite <laughs> problem because I'm very quick and very mean mm-hmm. about it. So I go over like. Oh, God damn. Maybe I like probably would have been better if I didn't like get that out. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. No, because I get I get like I'm pretty fucking good mm-hmm. when I get going, but it's like good in the sense of shitty. Yeah. I'm very good at being shitty. Yeah. It's kind of my natural state. I am you... in a. Yeah. My resting state is jackass. Like you're going to get your point across over your like you're you seem like the person. Yeah, I mean that's a nice way to put it. The a more accurate way to put it would be dick. Yeah. Mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can see that. Just a little bit though. I'm also very nice though. It's a yeah, weird you're a duality. nice person. But I like, love duality. You're gonna sit here and like turn somebody's emotions against them. Like like Oh, I'm a gaslighter at heart. Oh for yeah, sure. for sure. Like you're that person, you're like somebody has these feelings, you're like, no, but like this and this and this. My type of gaslighting is more of a quite literally convince you of events that never happened whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And I do it a lot to children. 
<laughs> but I find it way more entertaining when I do You're it too. You're so wrong for that. I find it way more entertaining when I'm able to pull it off with an adult. adult so I yeah. try to do it to adults a lot. And I always do it with, I do it with really little things. Is it entertaining to you? To, well, is that why? Or it is depends. it just like a... It depends on the situation. Because it's never, it's not something that if they believed it, it would be a genuine issue. Mm-hmm. It's like, like <laughs> gaslighting in the sense of... Like, I could convince somebody that... I can't think of a good example. Why would you put me on the spot like that? Um, convince now I have to somebody edit that, that out. That, that, that <laughs> frogs walk on water or something. Like, like that you walk like on you water or something. No, it can't be too blatant. It's like, um, okay, like an actually accurate specific example would be like, I could convince somebody that they could use the leaves just straight off of a tree to make a tea. <laughs> And yes. you'll almost never yes. be in a situation where you would have to dispel that. I think that and would so be And so you would funny. just believe it. And then that, um, or for instance, I think I'm going to have, actually, I'm not going to say that because I put it in my opening, but, um, <laughs> okay, I have two children gaslighting stories. I'm going to tell you the one that didn't make it <laughs> oh, into, no. the, into the opening. Okay. I convinced a 13-year-old child that Joe Biden had a twin brother that was vice president. Oh. That they were like two separate entities. <laughs> Oh, no. Like, he, wa- he wasn't Obama's oh, vice no. president. <laughs> I convinced him that it was, there's John and Joe Biden. <laughs> this child. Yeah. And they believed it? Yeah. You. My first instinct when some somebody says something outlandish to me is to Google it. And almost nobody else has that instinct. And I find mm. that incredulous because it's so easy to catch somebody in a gaslighting state Mm -hmm. but i'm good enough that they don't feel like they have to google it because i have no reason to lie about john biden (laughs) you're like that one person that would go around walmart asking people questions like did you know that like like you'd ask people what they would pick between would you pick brownies over cookies i hate talking to strangers in that capacity actually i for the journalism assignment that I had where I had to go talk to three separate strangers, I was walking around the student union mm. for, I think, two to three hours trying to, um, one, find somebody who wasn't, like, fully engulfed in whatever screen they had. Mm-hmm. So they weren't, like, two headphones in the ear watching some, like, random-ass anime. Yeah. There's a lot of anime watching by people who are alone in cafeterias. Yeah. And I think there's a correlation between watching anime and being, and being alone, alone. Yeah. For sure. Watches anime. She's trying to get me into it. There are some that are solid. I like mm. One Punch Man a lot because it's it my, knows that it's cornball shit. Yeah. I like that a lot. See, my little sister's in it, into it too. Like, I, I sit yeah. here and, like, I question, is it really as weird as people make it out to be? Or is it... Some of it Or is, is there just a stigma behind it? I don't think it's a stigma. I think it is the difference between cultures. And um, mm. our culture is significantly less corny in a lot of our... <laughs> our shows. In a lot of our media. Or if it is corny, it's, like, specifically geared as a kid's show. Yeah. Yeah. Most of those jokes go Most, to kids. Yeah. Like, we have some corny stuff, but in America, the adult corny stuff is also wildly raunchy. They make it dirty. It's so inappropriate. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which like, is kind of I hard know, to I do, like, it. like I really watch do. with your family. 
Well, I don't watch a lot of shows with my family. You could always watch like teen soaps with your family. Oh, yeah. If you need a family show. I don't know why you would at this stage. I feel like I'm past the family now uh, watching TV portion. Yeah. Well, I don't think I would, period. Like, I don't think I'd have a show that I would watch with my family. See, when I go home to my mom's, we eat dinner and we watch TV. Me and my sister and my mom. What TV show, though? We'll watch anything. Like, we'll watch Schitt's Creek. I fucking love (laughs) Schitt's Creek. I'm not going to lie. Like, we'll turn on just random shows. But, like, my mom can't stand anything scary at all. Like, she's very Christian. Mm -hmm. But... So, like, if it has too much cussing or if it has magic in it, she's like, turn it off. Oh. Like, that's that's such a boring. I'm so sorry, mm. but that's such a boring type of Christianity. Convincing yourself that you can't absorb fantastical content. Yeah. I'm like, mom, come on. That's, yeah. Like, that, the book quite literally starts with like cunning snake in a tree. Mm hmm. You think you could give a little, you know? <laughs> okay. Let's um let's chew on some of the meat of the podcast. Okay. That was a horrible transition. Oh yeah. I'm keeping it in though. That okay. Was- <laughs> <laughs> you are here with me today because I have been lucky enough to get the chance to watch you nurture your own relationships in real time. Okay. More specifically, you're here because you fill what I consider to be an integral role in every friend group and especially female friend groups. Yeah. Very (laughs) much a mom friend. Yeah. Very much a mom friend. And I am, first and foremost, I am curious about the journey that shapes people into mom friends because I think mom friends fucking rock. I really do. I mean, and I don't know if that's just because I like moms. <laughs> like I like my mom. Are you are I you like a mama's other people's boy? Moms. I'm not like I'm not super intense about it. Mm-hmm. I mean I like my mom. You know how I to don't, do your laundry. I also though. like don't answer <laughs> dishes. <laughs> yeah, I mean I don't even answer all of her texts. And that's not like really? I don't answer anybody's texts though. That's, that's okay not either. it's not a purposeful thing. I just straight up Yeah. No. Were you always a mom friend? Like that that type of manic, let me fold your clothes while we watch Ooh. Netflix type of person? Or is that no. something you developed over time as you grew into your womanhood? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you made that sound so weird. Seductive. Right? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, no, I haven't always been the mom friend. I used to be actually, like when I lived at my dad's with my stepmom, I my room was constantly dirty. Like, I was constantly, like, all over the place. Mm -hmm. And, like, my little sister, she would have her room clean. And um, it used to get to a point where, like, my stepmom would come into my room and clean my whole room for me. But then she'd start to read my journals. Yeah. So then it got to, then it, like, kicked in. It was, like, um, maybe I need to, like, start getting my shit together. So that specific type of... You're not even just a normal, casual, old mom friend, like, schedule where the group goes, like, coordinate the group plans type of thing. Your specific type of mom friendship is very OCD and genuinely manic. So is it OCD because 
it's almost reclaiming that control that you feel was ripped from you in that invasion of privacy. And it's also like it's that in the fact that like right now I'm not I don't have like a set place to stay. You know, like I've been staying with Michaela and everything. That's my best friend. But um, like I don't I don't have any boundaries like I don't have any structure so it's like I'm pushing myself to have the structure with everybody else does that make sense no I've absolutely tried to do that I had a portion this summer of it wasn't this summer it was last summer where I didn't have anything to specifically wake up early for Mm -hmm. I had no reason to because the first month after I went home from my first year of college First year of college, by the way, it was right after when COVID hit Mm. and it was dog shit. Like it was, I think it might have genuinely been 18 was the worst year of my life. Yeah. And it is not even close. 18 is the, I don't want to say it's the closest. It is the second closest I've come to killing myself. Really? And I don't mean that in like a genuinely suicidal, like hung up a noose and like was ready for it. I mean it in the sense of like every day I was like, okay, I'm not going to I'm not going to force myself into this because I know it's just it takes what I think I'm feeling and it throws it directly into the psyche Mm -hmm. of a decent fucking chunk of people. (laughs) And so I would I would essentially be multiplying that pain and I don't feel like that's just mm-hmm. and honestly I don't know if I'm brave enough to do it either way. Yeah. Because that shit's freaky. But it's it's scary to It was it was at the point where like I mean if I have to get into a car accident, I mean like <laughs> let the You're like I wouldn't be too mad. I mean <laughs> if they're hypothetically was a car mm-hmm. flying in my lane 80 miles swerve. per hour in the you're like well, impending here it is. <laughs> direction of my own car <laughs> like so shall it be yep you're like I, i'm just i'm i'm gone i mean no absolutely and so when i got home for the very first month i was waking up regularly at like seven or even though I was going to bed super late too, I was going to bed at like one or two. I would wake up at seven. I would make some tea or some shit. And the girls were, they were all in high school. So they still were getting ready and stuff and leaving at about that time. And then after they left, I would make my tea like loaded up with honey. And I would watch between like four to five episodes of BoJack Horseman. Oh Oh my god! I don't know if you've seen that show. Not, not great for like mentally strong yeah. people. Mm-hmm. Not great at all. Because here's the thing. Everybody relates to that dickhead horse, mm-hmm. whether they want to admit it or not. But the discourse surrounding that horse, because he's so blatantly like evil, if you relate to him at all, <laughs> all of the discourse is like, there's no way you could relate to him. He's such a like blatantly <laughs> egotistical, narcissistic, mm-hmm. just completely thoughtless and then it puts you in that state of mind yeah yeah (laughs) yeah you kind of project you project that a horse's struggles Mm -hmm. onto yourself 
<laughs> yep. Hey, but at least you had tea. It was good tea. <laughs> it was good tea. It was like a it was like a vanilla honey one, and then I would Ooh. add some. I don't know what the difference between agave and honey is. It's very agave. similar, but we had agave. Agave, I've I I think it's like um much less like the it's low. Let me restart. It's lower in calories, so like I don't need. I mean. Okay, I was on a weight loss kick then. Like it's a substitute. My honey. weight loss kick has overstayed its welcome. Oh. I am So it just keeps going down. I am so light, right? I am <laughs> I think I'm I think I'm almost 15 pounds lighter than when I graduated high school. That that was me when I was with Noah. Um I gained weight, but then we broke up and I lost 20 pounds and I can't seem to get it back up. How much weight did you did you ever have like a chubby face? I ha- highest I went was one fifty. So no. No. I no, I feel you because I never had a I had a chubby phase. I didn't have like a genuinely like pudgy mm-hmm. phase. So it was I mean it was relatively easy to get back down to normal, but I didn't get there through healthy means. Mm-hmm. Like I think the highest I've ever been was around one seventy. Oh really? I'm one 35 right now we weigh the same yeah (laughs) well i mean like it's fluctuating yeah mine is i would say mine is fluctuating but there is a very clear trend and it is not upward oh it's downward i have not well i have not gained more than two pounds and yeah but i like i'm not even doing like coke Coke. So I have no. Well, that that's usually the drugs that gets <laughs> that you people lose. narrowed down. That I'm on like no Molly. like. I'm on no skinning drugs unless Vivance does something. I don't think so. I'm not on Molly. You know, should I? You know, I've thought about doing Molly, just to be like skinnier. <laughs> does Molly make you skinnier? I thought Molly was the <laughs> one where you like the you take it and you lay around. Yeah, you take it and you like lay around, in what they call cuddle puddles. And it doesn't even have to be sexual. You're just like you and other Molly members, Molly filled (laughs) people lathered over each other. What? And it's, yeah. Me? Okay. Me and Michaela. You know how, do you know how I learned what a cuddle puddle was? What? Did you do it? No. Carson. I heard (laughs) it. No, I've never tried Molly. I heard a story about Elon Musk's dork ass doing it. And I thought it was really funny imagining him, one, on Molly. Because, like, mm-hmm. ew. It, like, <laughs> hit his specific accent on Molly. Mm-hmm. That idea is really funny to me. Two, the idea of his goofy-ass South Molly. Australian accent. Mm-hmm. While he's like, oh, oh, this is, oh, this is great. Rub my stomach. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. And he goes full throttle. I think it's... I think it's a state in between horny and whatever it is when you go to watch a movie with the person you're dating. I think it's directly in between those two states. That being said, I've I also never been horny in a movie theater. Really? Yeah. Um, my first kiss was in a movie theater. I've, I mean, I've had a, I've had like, I've never even had a full on makeout session in a theater. I've, they I went, I went there. with, um. I went with her once and I, okay, I've, I feel like you and I have gone over the fact that I've only had like one love Mm -hmm. as of right now. Yeah. And, um, we fell in love at a movie theater 
and we fell in love at the same fucking time. And I know that because we talked about it after and we could both like Aww. physically, we both physically felt the exact Wait, same that's thing. that's so cute. It was, no, shut the fuck up. <laughs> it was like a, it was like a weird lower back tingle. Aww. Aww. No, shut up. I don't, remember. Don't aw. I don't want happy memories. No, no trying happy. To, trying to, no, stoic. I'm well, stoic. I mean, it's good. Like when you have kids. You can tell them you're like, this is how my first I don't, love went. I'm, I don't know. I don't know if I'll interact with my kids that much because I don't want any on purpose. You don't want any kids on purpose? No. Really? So you're going to be a dad who like, I'm not, okay. stays out of your kids' lives. Okay. You're going to be the dad was who not, goes to get milk okay, and doesn't okay, come back. Okay, you took that too serious. <laughs> I'll have to edit it out. No. I do. I don't know if I want to. I don't know if, if I want to make a person because I don't feel... I don't feel good about it because I don't like the fact that I was made. You know what I mean? Okay. Like, I don't like being here. I'm not going to, I can't make another thing that might have my feelings, um, your thoughts. It might go into the world with the same mental outline as me. So it might not end up with the same conclusions, but there's a very real chance that it will end up perceiving a lot of worldly things. Even if they're different to what I was exposed to, it will end up perceiving a lot of worldly things in a similar manner that I do. So, and I don't feel good about that. So do you think it started, do you think it has anything to do with um, growing up at home? Like anything that has to do with life at home? Like why you think the way you do? Or do you think it's all genetic? Not, almost none of it is genetic. I don't think. I think there's certain issues that are genetic and there's I don't know some of personality could be because I feel like there are definitely so make it to where your kid has a good family foundation well even if it even if if you do have a kid (laughs) don't let them don't give them a foundation to where it's like they can be fucked over well you can have you can build a shitty house on a good foundation you know childhood is so little of what life is yes and i mean children don't even enjoy all of childhood teen teen years are famous for angst even if they're not way worse Mm -hmm. so i mean how many good years do you have because you don't remember the first three whatsoever you might as well just be a sentient marshmallow (laughs) i mean why do okay when babies have birthdays why do they give them birthday parties? Well, I think it's the same reason that you like give dogs sweaters. Just for the parental. I yeah. I mean, we don't we don't truly give a shit about the baby. We like watching its reaction. Yeah, like you don't. And care. that's a, that's the reason for giving the, the baby's dog not going to remember that. No, not at all. No, they're not going to have a memory of it. The baby's probably going to get sick from the gate, <laughs> very likely. You're gonna. <laughs> Later and dog, on, dogs they have fucking the later on. dogs hate sweaters too. Dogs mm-hmm. despise sweaters. I mean, only thing you get from it is a video to show your kid when they're older and be like, "Yeah, this was your second birthday." Yeah, it's it's scrapbooking purposes. <laughs> As a we've delved very lightly into the mom friend aspect. Mm-hmm. I think it's fair to say that as a mom friend. You're the type to obsess over the needs of your friends. Mm-hmm. Sometimes in spite of your own needs. Yeah. Why is it so damn hard to say no to people? 
I'm scared of what a person will think of me. Like, I'm scared that if I tell somebody Stop no. Stop kicking the table. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm scared that, like, if somebody, if I were to tell somebody no, then they're not going to like me anymore. Well, yeah, they probably won't. I know. No, but I'm, I'm saying, not being serious. Oh, no, don't do not like, take that. No, down. I take it like seriously. Like it scares me because like. Ow. Fuck. Oh, don't chip your tooth. That hurt. Did I? No, I chipped my tooth. Look. I get a lot of little chips. I'm actually really scared of chipping my teeth, and it happens a lot. My sister Which chipped sucks. her tooth in a gator, like driving a go kart, stood up and chipped her tooth. Mine is always little, or like my teeth are just like flat yeah i have like vampire teeth i used to i have it on one side but it i'm sorry what were you saying i had to get them filed what were we talking about um <laughs> my i'm we talking about why it's so hard to say no oh i feel okay like if a friend were to ask me to help them like, like, okay, so say my friend's, like, sitting on their bed, and I'm up, and they ask me to grab them something. I'm like, okay, whatever. I don't mind. It's a favor, right? Like, I'd ask that. But if it's constant, and it's over and over, it's like, oh, my God. Okay. You know what? You get up, <laughs> and you get your stuff, right? Yeah, but you don't say that. I don't, because I'm scared. <laughs> Because it's also like I'm a people pleaser because I don't know why I'm a people pleaser. I mean, it's just all it's how my mom is. My mom's a people pleaser, too. I've noticed. And it's just kind of how I grew up just to be kind. And I guess like being kind, I'm a people pleaser because I try to be kind. So is it more based in is it more based in that fear or of the um, caring of others? It's both. Some people it's fear, some people it's caring. Sometimes fear turns into caring. Like for Mil Milan, at first I was scared of her because she she is a spunky girl, you know, yeah, very pretty. And, and I, it's just kind of like somebody asks something of you and you're like, oh, I deliver. You're like, oh, crap. Yeah, sure. You know? Yeah. Because um, you don't want them to dislike you. It's like I strive to be liked. But recently, it's like I just do it for her because, you know, she's my friend and I care for her. But also... I don't think the this, this strive to be liked... I think people want to be liked. I don't think that specific um, striving and that specific fear of being disliked is as normal as you think it is. Oh. I'm gonna be a little. <laughs> I'm gonna be a little bold. I'm not saying it's abnormal. I'm saying it's not super widespread because I think I'm about to be very intrusive with this question. Okay, go. Okay, I think it's because you're a child of divorce. I am, and I think it's because the specific divorce was one where, from what I understand, your parents were like mortal fucking enemies. <laughs> Like they were that, like they really were Taylor and Kanye type enemy, or I guess Kanye and Jews type enemies mm -hmm. now. Bat shit crazy. <laughs> That's how I, they are. I am curious what, how, how did how how did we get here? How did they get there? What went down? Okay, that oh that is a whole story. Uh, <laughs> 
Um, like, you want me to start from the beginning? I mean, might as well. Oh, okay. I don't know what else you'd be doing. Well, okay, so in the beginning, it was like... God made light. God made light. <laughs> My mother and father... Um, let me just start with their beginning. Yeah. You know, they they... I don't, I've never actually talked about how they met. I've never asked. You don't know? I don't know. I just mm. know they fell in love and they were together for like 10 years. They probably met in like a bar fight. Imagine. No, my mom was, my mom's a really sweet person. She was very, a good person. Well, I'm not saying she was fighting him. Oh. That'd be a little more Breaking illegal. up a bar fight? It was like a for her honor type of bar oh. fight. Like very, oh. like very Patrick Swayze. He's protecting her? No, for sure. Ooh. <laughs> crazy love story but um my dad and my mom get together they're together for like 10 years and from what i've heard he goes on to this business trip and it's there's a lady he's working with that my mother doesn't like i've seen this story on reddit yeah and so she's like do you get those i'm so sorry to interrupt but do you get those very those hyper specific like subway surfer tiktok things mm-hmm. where they compete i yeah where i like got into them like specific. bad i had a very specific day where i was annoyed by them so i did that thing where you press not interested a bunch of times <laughs> so it gets off your um it gets off, off your, feed. your feed yeah i had 14 of, i counted 14 of those <gasps> videos in a row and oh i was like gosh. what if i become the universe was trying to tell you something yeah that i'm a <laughs> fucking dork that's it okay continue business trip lady father <laughs> so my mom doesn't like this 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 chick that he's with i have a feeling that's going to be a warranted dislike oh yeah so they used to be friends my mother and this lady mm-hmm. um but they're they're like they were acquaintances friends whatever not anymore she doesn't like her i don't know the beef from it but there was beef. It's probably that they both shared the beef. That's mm-hmm. probably the beef. So my dad goes on this quote unquote business trip, whatever, with this chick. And my mom's like, no, you're cheating. No, you're cheating. Like, she's a very petty person. Wait, did he? Did he? I assume so. Okay. I assume so. But like, well, I can't sit still. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a very fidgety person. Um, Just... Scoot your chair back a little. Scoot back a little and scoot up like this. Or like sit it aside and then you can. There we go. Like that. Much better. <laughs> I kicked the table. Okay. Um, But like so. So he goes on this business trip and mom's back at home. And so she's good friends with his best friend. Right? Yep. And it's this like little Mexican guy. You know, she is friends with him and so she goes out with him i guess has sex with him um gets pregnant my dad comes back from this business trip you know gives birth to my sister your dad gives birth no yeah my dad gives birth (laughs) just checking (laughs) my mom (laughs) my mom gives birth to um my sister and you know like three years down the line they have me and he's like they don't really look alike like something something's off and so they um they get a test on us to tell like who if if we're from the same person and we're not and so christmas day my dad leaves 
Oh. Yep. And I have, I found a video on my mom's, like, an old camera. It was like a flip camera. Of the making of your sister? Oh. (laughs) (laughs) No, I've seen one of those before. It's disgusting. Of your mom? Not my mom and my dad, but my mom and, like, her, one of her husbands at the time. And then I've seen one of my stepmom. Oh, both? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Were you, like, seeking them out? No. No, I was not. Are you lying? No. Okay. (laughs) When I was younger, me and my sister found something, and we confronted my mom about it. My older sister did. (laughs) I remember being so innocent. It was just kind of like, I don't know what that means, but, you know, it was awkward. Um. But anyway, so <laughs> mom, dad, le- or dad leaves us and he goes off and gets with this lady who he had that business trip with three years later, you know, when I was born and he marries her um, illegally in a different state. Two wives? Mm-hmm. How Mormon. Oh, yeah. So Let him go. Yeah. So Brigham Young is smiling down on him. Well, for well, he divorced me and my him and my mom divorced, and then he. So you have to have a period of time between a divorce and another marriage, mm-hmm. in like specific states. And in Oklahoma, I think it's like a year. I could be totally wrong. No, I think there's. Some, I thought it was more of a. Are you gonna gaslight me and tell me? No. That? <laughs> I thought, I don't know for sure. I mean, I might be wrong. I thought it was a year of separation before you can get the divorce. I didn't know there was anything after it. I don't know. But I know it was illegally, and he got with her, and not long after, my little sister's born. And it kind of proves that he was cheating on my mother with her because she got pregnant. And it was in the meantime when he was still going through a divorce with my mom something like that that do you think he might have do you think he might have got with her out of spite though do you think it's possible could have been but i mean like he wasn't cheating and then he got mad i don't know well okay so my stepmom she was in an abusive relationship so that's not stepmom that's separate woman this woman that he cheated with did not become stepmom she did she's my stepmom now okay yeah um she um i love a good girl boss story oh yeah she was she was in um, an abusive relationship with a guy and married to him. And I remember she told me that they divorced too. And my dad came and stayed with her and got her out of like that whole house and montage or whatever. Montage. Yeah. <laughs> so that's from what I understand, that's how that whole story went. And then later on they had my littlest sister so i have three sisters but oh, my, so we both have three sisters yeah okay but like my oldest sister she is adopted from my dad on the birth certificate but she doesn't like he's her real dad we say he's her real dad because her biological dad wasn't ever there like he didn't yeah. he wasn't there for her so my dad basically adopted her and like she's his like he raised her you mm-hmm. know raised her quote unquote he wasn't really ever there yeah. he's so yeah he um so from that we grow up and 
me and my older sister live with my mom in Oklahoma City. And my two little sisters live with my dad and my stepmom in Tulsa. And um, you live everywhere. Oh, yeah. So every other weekend, we'd go see my dad. And my dad would drop us off at our nene's house. And so we never really saw our dad because he was staying with Jamie or he was spending time with Jamie. So I kind of despised him for that or despised Jamie in a way for that because she took time away from me with my dad, Mm -hmm. which, you know, and my little sisters because they spent time with my dad while me and my older sister were at my nene's because it was that perfect little family over there. It felt like. We both have three sisters, so Mm -hmm. I feel like in some sense there's got to be somewhat of a similar experience, even if it's just like basic girl shit. So my, oh my God. (laughs) That was so funny. Okay. That that was a toy. No, I'm I'm cutting that out because that did not sound like a toy and they can't see anything. Okay. First of all, rank them from favorite to least favorite. No, I'm kidding. That's horrible. Oh, I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh, you can't make me do that. No. Real talk. I have noticed a prominent theme in my own experience growing up with three lady siblings and and angry ass parents. I've noticed in my own life that first of all, as an older sibling, I feel like I've subconsciously developed certain techniques to counteract my parents' less desirable tendencies to sort of reduce any effect that they would have on my sisters. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like you're I protecting them in a way. Somewhat, yeah. And those effects very much rippled into my non-familial relationships. For instance, when when I was a tiny little guy, I <laughs> developed a real knack, like a genuine talent for shifting their anger away from my sisters to myself So whenever my parents were in the mood for handing out ass whippings, Mm -hmm. I would take the The blows instead of the girls because I was bigger. I was better equipped for that. It just it made sense to do that. And that tendency bled hardcore into my school life. I spent the vast majority of my elementary years as a dedicated troublemaker as a result. Oh, you know. I got swats multiple times. I got suspended twice, although I kind of swerved my way out of the second one. Like, I don't even think my parents ever found out. I did get suspended twice. It wasn't just one. And then I didn't end up serving the suspension. Think of you as a kid to go, to be like that in elementary school. Yeah. I constantly was, my most common one was, I was constantly sent to the corner or to some section of the wall while other kids were playing at recess. <laughs> and they'd make me they'd make me turn around Aww. and they'd make me stare at the wall for like 30 to 45 minutes at a time while the they other really kids were playing. In kids. one of my music classes, I sat in the corner for, I think, three months straight and I wasn't allowed to participate. I would literally just, I was just stuck Aww. in the corner and I would just sit there while they did the other stuff. Authoritative figures in my life were seemingly dedicated to breaking my spirit and stifling my mm-hmm. personality. But I also refused to let it work because in my mind, I was absorbing the blows so that those authorities wouldn't have the energy to afflict the same sort of pain onto other kids. Mm-hmm. 
Or at the very least, I could entertain people through myself. Yep, yep. <laughs> Make people laugh through your pain. Yeah, I thought if, I mean, like I thought that qu- if I could in, if I could entertain my suffering peers, if only for a fucking moment. You became the clown of the you house. You know, it was worth it. And in that same vein, do you think your OCD traits, your propensity to obsess over others, all of that jazz, and this um this overwhelming urge to be Jordan's second friends first how much of that stems from the manner in which adolescent you had to learn to soften the blow of your parents behavior for your siblings I, siblings i did that a lot but also i was also the one who got my little sisters in trouble oh Boo. Um, I remember, <laughs> but like, okay. So when I was young, it was like, Hey, come with me. We're going to spit off the balcony. Sure. So me and my little sister, we, uh, we were actually spitting pretty, contest. we were a lot worse than that. We were genuinely violent for a bit. Oh there, yeah. Me do you want to hear the most insane, probably the most insane story you're going to hear all the time? Like there was a very... <laughs> There is a very real reality in which me and my siblings oh, um, no. enter a path in which we become serial killers. <gasps> there was a summer where we were very we're very creative people. We were very smart and we were Horror. raised on <laughs> violence. Okay. And that sort of um it wasn't it wasn't a big thing. It was a normal thing. It wasn't even like a special occasion, like bad thing. Like it was just so normalized. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the games that we played was we played baseball right next to our um, house. We just used our little driveway mm-hmm. as the bases. But instead of a ball, we used a frog. <gasps> oh! What? You used a frog? You batter up a frog? We actually played this game with my cousin, too. <laughs> my older cousin, who was... Uh, she's not about- way older, but she's like three to four years older. Mm-hmm. And we were adolescent enough that... Um, <laughs> it. Um, I feel comfortable with placing the blame on her. Because even though I know it wasn't fully her idea, I can. And um, <laughs> the way that that frog... <laughs> that poor thing went, went out was um i got i got quite the swing man so um, Carson. <laughs> i don't know if i don't know if was pitching but there was a little like soft pitch style just a very light um very light tossing of the frog <laughs> i um i knock myself a homer um the frog lands on the roof on its back oh and the way that it dies is it lays there and it gets cooked by the <gasps> sun. You're an asshole. Over the <laughs> You're an asshole. Of a of like weeks <laughs> and frog remnants were Mom, on the roof for the better can part we have of frog month, legs of, like, for dinner. <laughs> multiple months. That's the thing though. Those creatures disgusted me so bad that I genuinely wouldn't consider eating their legs. Would you meat, ever you wouldn't like, ever cook. try frog legs? I wouldn't then. I probably would now. I would try but it. they were frogs disgusted me so bad that I couldn't eat green beans for a long time because they were the same shade. 
and like when of I green. especially like I remember we watched Princess and the Frog on a school trip. We used to have this thing where elementary kids would um they'd go to a movie around Christmas time, mm-hmm. and we saw like there was some movie about a rat or a mouse that was it was like Des- Despero Des something I like I I don't remember what it was. Mm-hmm. We watched that. We watched um. I think Frozen was one of them. I think mm-hmm. Frozen was the very last one I had because I think it was in sixth grade when Frozen came out. And um, one of them was Princess and the Frog. And we got back from that school trip and we had like some nice... We had genuinely good cafeteria food. I don't know if that's a small school thing or it was just specifically the culture mm-hmm. of where I'm from. But Ooh. there was green beans were a part of that meal. And I remember I like green beans because mm. solid ass vegetable. They're good. But I tried to, I, I couldn't, like I put them in my mouth and it was like, it was making me gag. Because you were thinking about frogs. Yeah. And not even like, not even my baseball frogs. I've heard frogs taste like chicken. You know, I try not to eat live animals, so I wouldn't know. Are you saying you're going vegan? No, I'm saying I try not to take bites out of oh, frogs. Carson. Vegan? Really? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I can't cook well enough to do that. I love to cook. Not on my, I think I think I'm technically vegan, in the sense that um, Taco Bell doesn't serve real meat. <gasps> oh. But I don't think I could. I don't do think they I could really? make it. They don't actually serve real meat. I, I. It feels blasphemous to claim that they do. Cause See, you actually, say it is weird. McDonald's. I, McDonald's. We just know. Mm, it's not actually bad. real. I feel like. I'm starting to hear how tired my voice is getting from mm-hmm. not sleeping at all. Because I feel like my tone of voice has, like, shifted. Mm-hmm. And Much one, lower. One part of recording these episodes, too, is I'm kind of scared by how often my accent changes depending on who I'm well, talking accent. to. <laughs> <laughs> how often my accent no, changes? No, that's not what I'm talking about. But I'll, like, <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> I have very specific accents that i do depending on who i'm talking to and i didn't i didn't realize it because i don't do it on purpose really yeah i don't know where that comes from see that's me but i feel like it's that with personalities that has to do look that has to do with another pleasing thing like pleasing people my personality changes yeah with different people yeah they have a word for that it's called manipulation (sighs) oh Am I a manipulative bitch? Oh, for sure. You're going full American psycho. (laughs) Patricia Bateman over here. Here's my title. Jordan, the manipulative bitch. (laughs) In caps. (laughs) Oh my God, I'm so tired. Okay, so jackass parents. Jackass parents. Grandma was worse. What what was she? What? I want to hear so, some of these monstrosities. So in fifth grade, me and my sister decide we want to move with my dad because we didn't see my dad much and we wanted to get to know our sisters more. I wanted to dance. I wanted to be a ballerina, whatever. Yeah, same. And dad's like, I can give you that life. Mm-hmm. You wanted to be a ballerina? Yeah, I love that shit. Oh my gosh. Yeah, pointed toes and fucking plies. And really? Like, yeah, no. Super big ballerina fan. <gasps> Love the ballet. Shout out to the Nutcracker. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Do you see what I'm talking about when I say I'm good at gaslighting? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, right? No. 
Dang. I feel I feel like a total dumbass. Okay. Back to the story. <laughs> okay. Go. I'm sorry. Um I so fifth grade, we go through court and my I'm not allowed to see my mom for like a month because my grandma wouldn't show up to court. Because my grandma dies. Well, she was abusive. Mm. Later on, she dies. We'll get to that later. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of what grandmas do in my <laughs> experience. Yeah, they just let. Mine <laughs> drop were so- dead. <laughs> I think mine were solid. I only knew one of them. She was really dope. She was oh. very nice. I and th- then they and she one died. Of the that sucks. Met. Yeah, she died kind of recently. One of them I didn't know at all. Oh. Yeah. I used to have I a school. grandpa. His name was Boots. But I got, one, Boots, I got one grandpa. That left. sounds so fun. Like I'd want to know. Boots him. does sound kind of sick. I'd want to meet. My him. dead one is named Urban. That's slightly Urban. less slightly less sick. You said Urban. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so. When my grandma finds out that we want to move in with my dad, she goes like all psycho mode, right? Um, she tells my little sister or my older sister Kendall that she's adopted, which at the time she had no no clue about. I didn't either. You know, we weren't supposed to know. I guess is which, it Kendall with one L or two L's? Two I L. feel like that's integral to the story. K e n d a l l. Okay, you're welcome for those wondering. Oh yeah, go ahead. And Jordan J o r d a n. Yeah. Jordan and Kendall. I was expecting a Y. You have that vibe. I wish. I wish. It would be so much prettier. I no. feel like the Y just suits me. Jordans with Ys suck. Oh, really? Soulless. Uh, a soulless people. I feel like girls, Jordans of color, get the Y. Like, they just have that pizzazz No, don't them. say that because you're making what I said sound racist now. Oh. And I was definitely picturing <laughs> a white woman when I said that. <laughs> No, don't attribute that to me. It's like, oh, so you hate the you hate the brown Carson, Jordans. are you racist? No, for sure. Mary. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm super commit. I'm super worried about it. <laughs> so, from there, my grandma finding out, she tells my sister that she's adopted, and they get in this huge fight, right? Mm-hmm. And it comes around where I get in it because I'm trying to help my older sister. Because we were always in it to win it. Like, us two, we were together. You f- you see me, you see her, right? Yeah. And so it, ter- it turns out we're like, my grandma says something, and I talk back, and she slaps me in the face. And I was going through this phase where my mom's like, if anybody slaps you, you slap them back. So <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I take my hand and slap the... I just slapped my grandma, right? Slapped my grandma. Yeah. So she slaps me back again. And I hit her back again. So it becomes a fight, right? Yeah. And she grabs me by my hair. Like, Mm -hmm. the end of my hair, like, the very back of my head. Like, the place where it hurts. Yeah. Grabs me by there and, like, throws me to the ground. Like a mom and dog grabbing a puppy. Yeah. And then drags me. To one of the rooms. <laughs> so exactly like a mama dog grabbing oh, a puppy. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, crap. And, like, in the meantime, I'm sitting there, like, kicking and screaming and, like, throwing this whole fit. Mm-hmm. Right? And so 
Kendall and I are like just just totally strung out, you know, crazy, not knowing how to feel, how to act, and you know we're kids. And so later on, mom gets home, and we're the whole slapping thing hap- happened at my grandma's house, but we ended up at my mother's house, and we're in the hallway, and my mom. I remember we told my my mom what happened. And she goes up to my grandma and like they have this whole screaming match. Like they start fighting, start yelling at each other and fist fight each other. They start throwing full on punches, like just beating the ever living crap out of each other. And I remember my sister being on one end of the hallway in her room. It was like the doorway of her room. And I was in the other hallway in the doorway of my mom's room. And my mom and my grandma were on a on top of each other, like hand, like rolling over, like beating each other, yeah. pulling each other's hair. Yeah, no, s- I've seen that video before. <laughs> <laughs> and like my sister's sitting there screaming. And I'm like just standing there staring like, mm. oh, like this is happening. Like, what do I do? I had no reaction. I just stood there. Psychopath. <laughs> Yeah, so that happened and my dad found out about it. And so my dad wanted a restraining order. There there was more to it. My dad but my dad wanted a restraining order on her from us, which was one of the only things he ever did really that was for us. Like, you know, he's going to sit here and buy stuff, but he can't sit here and like hang out with us. He wouldn't it wasn't like an actual um, bond. Anytime we hung out with him, it would have to be on the deck and he'd be out there yeah. drinking with his friends or something like that. Mm. I feel like that's kind of an ideal father-daughter relationship. Yeah. You know, you're able to, hey, what's your favorite memory with your dad? Uh, when he got a restraining order. <laughs> <against my> grandma. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. But that happened, and I remember I moved in with Dad, me and Kendall did, and Mm I went to a different school. It was in fifth grade, and I was in all my justice clothing. I had this sparkly skirt on. It was blue and silver. Did you cop any Bobby Jack? Bobby Jack? You remember the monkey? No. Curious George? No. Who's Bobby Jack? That's a different monkey. (laughs) I was into Curious George. Bobby Jack was the... Be- okay, never mind. You're, just- <laughs> You're like, okay, forget it. You either know Bobby or you don't. <laughs> it's fine. You either know George or you don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, like, I... Carson, you made me lose my place. My bad. Um... Sushi. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have to cut that out. You're going to have to cut that out because I couldn't help but say that. Um, <laughs> um, so from there, uh, my dad gets a restraining order on my grandma. They're going through court. I'm not allowed to see my mother for like a year because my grandma won't show up to court. So it's like shit on her, my mom, you know? Yeah. And... Through time, my mom ends up moving to Tulsa. And, you know, so we can all be closer together. And, you know, dad promised he'd stop dipping. He didn't. 
Um, that's such a. I feel like that's the grossest addiction. Oh yeah, it's disgusting. Of, like the thought of in the smell? shooting heroin in between the webbing of my goddamn toes Ugh. seems more appealing mm-hmm. than sticking this like stepping on a fiberglass embedded like tar. It's disgust. The smell. That's one thing I could not ever stand. I'd be yeah. in the truck with him, and he'd spit in a cup, and I'd want to puke. I, like, I'm not trying to be all girly girl or nothing, but that's the one thing that... No, I get it. Smell is a big deal. Absolutely. You know? That's why I don't let women pee on me anymore. Oh. Oh. Anymore? Yeah. Oh. So you mean I could pee on you? You? <laughs> <laughs> is that a question or an offer? <laughs> no. I'm joke. I'm sorry. I I was on a, some really weird Twitter threads today, and I've been thinking about people getting peed on a lot. That is so weird. Because it's so it is weird. It's so fun. To be clear, that was a joke. Do people like, do please. that? Like people do no, that piss sexually? Ki- piss kinks are genuinely real. <gasps> I talked to so- I cannot remember who it is. I talked to somebody recently who um had a genuine piss kink. Mm. It was a friend. It wasn't like a proposition. I because I, I can't handle that. I can't handle fluids. Like after or oh. I think it's during or pre- <gasps> or before. I think it would be like a like a foreplay type of thing or um, maybe a hydration thing. Like they drink it. I mean, I don't know. Oh. I know. I know. It definitely like ends up in what would mouth if adjacent you drank the areas. I think it's relatively safe. To drink pee. Yeah, it. I mean, there's some hippie movements where people drink their own pee. That's crazy. Yeah. It's detox from your body, though. I yeah. would not in a million Yeah, I mean, it's not great. It, it tastes better when women do it. Have you tried it? <laughs> How do you know? <laughs> I need you to keep up. <laughs> no, I guess, like, I, I, I understand it's not. <laughs> it's not something I'm willing to try. <laughs> But it is something I'm intrigued by just because I don't understand how you get into that. I don't either. I feel like it's something like if a girl when okay, this is very detailed, but when a girl finishes um the, the squirt. Yeah, that's what you're yeah, yeah. Into. Yes, so I I am aware. That has to do with like pee too. I think it's mostly pee. Yeah. And so I feel like that's well, it's probably not. I don't want to say mostly pee, but there's a lot of. I think there's just a lot of the same stuff because, it, I mean, you only have so much water in your body. Yeah, but you're I gonna be pulling from the same areas either way. I feel like that's like the start of that kink. Like people see squirting, squirting, yeah, and then it's like they're like, oh, you know, I kind of like. Ugh. Well, squ- I don't know. Squirting is at least linked to pleasure. Uh-huh. Whereas P, well, P could be That's just the oh, release. Congrats. You drank your fucking leader <laughs> today. <laughs> like there's nothing I don't know. I don't know if that's like some weird like sub shit. You know? Like are you like some like weird BDSM, like you want to get dominated. Yeah. Like fucking It's like lay down so I can pee on piss you. on me. And I don't I don't get It's like that. telling somebody to spit in my face. Yeah, see I hate that too. I wouldn't let anybody no. spit in my face. Hell no. Cuz I don't like I don't like that stuff either way and even if I did it would have to be um I couldn't be getting I couldn't spit on some Yeah, I I just don't think I, I can do that either way. Cuz neither side of that sounds appealing. I don't want to spit cuz fucking gross. I, I don't want to be spit on cuz fucking gross. Yeah. 
in, and, especially um, in my hair. If it were to get in my hair. Yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah. I don't like, yeah. I don't like getting stuff on me, which is very convenient from my side because I don't <laughs> usually. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> well, I have at least one part that I have to cut out now. So I, pre- <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Okay. <laughs> transition (laughs) super super clean transition as is seemingly the default amongst children with hectic ass home lives you have been highly attached to the non-blood relationships that you formed in your life right Mm -hmm. so i want to shift towards those okay and specifically the ones you've really latched on to mm-hmm so we're going to go through a little timeline. Yep. Okay. I want to start with the motherfucker that um the first not the first love but um the movie scene. Mm. The boy I first kissed. No, the um I want to start with Mr. um Virginity Snatcher. <gasps> Oh, I did. actually, is the first kiss story cute? It's cute. Okay, I, mean, I like cute stories. Let's start okay. with that. Let's so start with that before we get there we is a little devolve boy. into deviancy. There's a boy. He actually goes here. His name's. I had this big fat crush on him, and I was friends with these three girls at the time. And one of these girls had dated him, but figured out that she's gay. Sure. This was in like eighth grade, though. So. I, when I don't the zest know. hits, it hits. Yeah, I guess so. I, I'm like, I don't know how you would know that at that age. I didn't well, I think you no shit like women. Me? No, I think that's kind of how it happens. Oh, like if oh, you yeah. like like women, then you're like, oh, oh. Maybe that's a little gay. <laughs> you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> and I'm doing it. <laughs> Am I gay? <laughs> well, so I had this big old thing for Isaac, and through passing, he would give me this big old hug and it was like I had no touch at home and so like every day that was like he'd give me this big old hug and it was like the best hug I'd I'd get you know I felt I don't know I just had a big old crush on him right so Um, you are the only you are the only instance where where my hug at has been effective yeah wow yeah. Look at you go. And you were the one hit wonder. I was one. Yeah. And so he, anyway, so I was friends with these three girls in eighth grade. We got into drinking and we got in trouble. And so I wasn't allowed to see friends for a while. I got everything taken away from me. My door, my, my, you know, everything, phone. Yeah. And my first person I'm allowed to see or like finally I'm allowed to see people first person I want to see is mm-hmm. <laughs> and so like I text him and I'm like hey you know I'm I'm back like I got my stuff back and I was pissed at these other girls because they had thrown me under the bus through drinking but um him and I go to the movies and we see like King Kong or (laughs) something stupid like that and it was like Mm -hmm. he like immediately like puts his arm around me 
and I was like, this is the first time like it ever been touched. But I know, like now, it was just like a horny little boy, eighth grade boy. Sure. I mean, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like as somebody who has come up in the hyper horny like objectifying culture and i feel like i'm i feel like i'm in the process of devolving out of that i feel like there were there were periods in my adolescence where it was very genuine i feel like that whole objectification like um pornographication of the view of women mm-hmm. i don't think that's natural i think that's um I think I think that's learned and I think it's not easily unlearned, but mm-hmm. I, I don't think that's a natural state. I think that's um some shit that men need to work through as a whole. So you've always thought that a guy thinks like that, that boys think like that. Well, that's because the there's like a guy system that kind of forces you to think like that. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. it's that same system where you learn that like like if you weren't taught it you would have no reason to believe that um, women would be meant to be subservient. You know what I mean? Yeah. But that's a widespread belief in a lot of households because it's passed down. Yeah. Because Sadly. of... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's a that's a system. That's not natural. It's not natural to... Um, the idea that you should just ignore women because they're emotional, that's, yeah. not, that's not normal. That's not correct. That's not... Honestly, it's not even accurate. Because that stems men from men are fucking emotional too. It stems from the idea that men aren't supposed to be, be aren't emotional, supposed to be emotional, and are. therefore they can think better. And that is the precise reason why a lot of them cannot think better. Because if you, I feel like that's why the world has a lot of problems it does ar- today. Arguments stem from, and not not even arguments. There are um, there cute. are three Greek words that are rhetorical appeals. Okay. okay, so it's basically, um, yeah, it does apply to arguments. They're the three building blocks of persuasion mm-hmm. of um, basically the use of logic within arguments to try to convince or persuade somebody. And one is one is ethos, which is basically like authority. Mm-hmm. One is pathos, which is emotions, mm-hmm. emo like. A third of it is evoking emotions. That is a huge part of persuasion. And then the third is logic, logos. Mm-hmm. And they have attached themselves to logos like a goddamn parasite. Yeah. And they completely neglect. I don't know if they completely neglect ethos. A lot of people just don't have it because there's mm-hmm. no reason to respect somebody who is clearly like not mentally stable because there is a complete absence of pathos. But they're rejecting at least a third of basic means of persuasion. But they have, I feel like ethos, people who are emotionally... Ethos is like flaunting intelligence. It's like flaunting status. They seem to be people who are very attached to the world, very down to earth. Oh, no, 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 no. No? That is the pathos. Pathos. Okay. Those are, that's the emotional ethos is um ethos is kind of trying to prove your superiority through okay, intellect. Okay. I was thinking ethos was emotional. And logos is like a logical f- facts don't care about your feelings. Statistics. But it's actually not that annoying. But if you exclusively <laughs> use logo like if you completely reject logos, 
you're also going to be a fucking moron. Mm-hmm. You need see you need all three for a genuinely good argument. Yeah. See, I've learned well from what I've heard is men seem to think logically more um, financial in going through life, whereas women think more um, about family needs. They think about... I don't know if it's financial. I think it's more transactional, and yeah. I don't think that's a good thing. Like, like women think about family like... Like growing up, like here's what what do I want for my life in the future and my family in the future and, you know, growing from that. Whereas men are like, in my future, I'm going to get a house and I'm going to do this. I'm going to have everything set in this way. So when I have a family. Those are the systematic bounds. Yes. I don't think that I don't think the individual people fit well within those bounds. And I think that's why you're seeing so much rest, because I don't think women I think motherhood is genuinely one of the most incredible things mm. that humans can pull off and women's propensity to care for young and even people who aren't young just because of that access to empathy because they didn't force themselves to grow up emotionally stunted. Mm. I think that is really incredible. I also don't think I don't think they want to be one track minded at all. I don't think yeah. they want what people are trying to force them into. And I think men are the exact same way. Mm-hmm. And um, it's hard to admit it because to admit it, you would have to give up the role that you were given. And yep. men, even though it is harmful, they are put in the position where they at the very least can be in power, even if it's in power of a shit system where they cannot fully thrive you know you can be super rich and you can be you can be head of your household but you're going to be miserable because you're not going to be able to talk to your wife and you're not going to be able to understand the needs of your wife's your wife and Mm -hmm. your children because they are going to be be emotionally healthy they are going to be emotionally healthy and you are going to be this you're going to be this robotic mechanistic shell of a person because you you thought you could fully reject a part of yourself you in the name you of power. You thought you had it and you didn't. <laughs> and you didn't you didn't want to seem fruity. Yeah. You didn't want to seem too feminine. You wanted to because be you're fucking too... alpha male. You didn't uh-huh. want to seem low T and now you are a cunt. Yeah. Now you look like now you sound like you're on steroids. And you you're hurting yourself and you're hurting your family. Uh-huh. And because you're, you're hurt scared. because you can't be you. The women are hurt because they can't be them. And mm-hmm. your children are going to fall into the exact same trap until you grow up and mm-hmm. quit it. And I don't understand, especially in such a um in such a dominantly Christian culture, how you fall into these because there are these roles in the Bible. I don't know if um I don't think it's fair to say that God outlined it as it should be this and it should be that because mm-hmm. just because the roles are present in a Bible, I don't think it's um like there's a lot of things in the Bible where I don't think they were outlines for how to live current modern life. I think they're in there because that was how it was and it's a retelling or it was even necessary in that type of situation. But I don't. I don't think everything has to translate to modernity. Well, okay. So times change. But in no, I'm talking about specifically society. I'm not talking about that. What I'm talking about is specifically in um where the Bible definitively outlines how you're supposed to act is through um 
how God acts within situations mm. when he's in power and way um, with way more emphasis how Jesus acts and how um, how the Holy Spirit influences people to act, mm -hmm. which is essentially an extension, you know, or not even an extension. It's just another part of the the three, <laughs> you know, same thing, but also different or fucking what whatever in Christianity, which you'd think would be the dominant philosophy. God is very clearly exhibiting paternal and maternal qualities. Mm -hmm. You know, God is described in both traditionally masculine ways and traditionally feminine ways. And there's, I don't understand. Well, I do understand it, but I, I understand how we got here. I don't understand why they, why they stuck with that rejection of femininity in the first place. Like, I don't understand who, I don't understand why that system was in place in the first place. Because there's what? no way it's yeah. been around forever. Because we haven't been doing this living in a society thing forever. That's mm -hmm. super recent. I don't think we even had cities until, I don't think we've had cities for more than like 20,000 years. Yeah. Like, we were doing tribes very recently in the grand yeah. scheme of things. Um, I know there's a story in the Bible about God and, you know, how he um, splits a loaf, loaf of bread. And he's, you know, for his people, he's like, yeah. you know, and it'll fill you up. You know, he's he shares. He's like teaching them, you know, you share whatever, yada, yada, yada. And it seems like women and men, um, women are easy are quick to help another person most of the time they're quick to help a homeless person they're like we you know i want to i want to give to this person but it's like men are very like no like like we don't have enough money for that or when sometimes it's just a dollar you know like it's like men have become selfish but i can't really put that's that sticker just on men because i can i think that very specific selfishness and by extension women's um relative lack thereof women obviously can be selfish mm -hmm. i not it's not nearly in the same manner for a lot of them i think women's caring their capacity for caring and their capacity for empathy comes because um they are essentially forced in the society that they come up in to view themselves as an extension of men mm -hmm. and as a carrier of future men I mean, and men future women men, you know and yeah if you think about it i mean it's a bit more complicated than that <laughs> Because, it, yeah, it, de <laughs> it derives from a completely different language. <laughs> but women already have this propensity to see themselves in others, mm -hmm. which is just another way of saying empathy. But mm -hmm. I feel like it's really hard for a lot of men to see that because they see themselves as a contribution as their as their output mm -hmm. they see themselves as what they do what they have gotten via um 
the worth that they believe they have provided. So mm-hmm. like making money. Did you say money. via instead of via? Yeah, I mean it is via. So what? that's probably I why. Via. Well, I mean you can say it, but uh. like. <laughs> Continue. You did not uh, 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 try uh, to correct uh. me wrongly. <laughs> is it? Hold on. Now I. Via pronunciation. What the hell? I spelled that wrong. No, it's not via, but rather via. Mm. Gotta prove me wrong. You tried to gaslight me for a second there. Good lord. Hey, I got you. No, you didn't, because I immediately recognized it. I thought it was I thought it was Via. I thought it was Via. It definitely isn't. But that's okay. That's okay. You can't know everything, you know. I can, but you can't, I guess. Okay. Did you Another reason of a man's gotta be right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Finish the story. Oh my gosh. Okay. That was so funny. At a movie theater with yeah. a boy. Um, exclusively horny. No I'm other go emotions. Straight into maybe. it. Maybe not. Who knows? I'm gonna go straight into it. He shoves his tongue down my throat. For sure. No remorse. As the good Lord intended. Oh yeah. For sure. Left no room for Jesus. Cleaned your teeth. <laughs> oh yeah. Flossed a bit. <laughs> Became a whole like bottom feeder <laughs> and ate every it was just you. Do you hate tongue or was it the specific way that he did it? Because I've had um it I've had people who like refuse to kiss with tongue. And it was weird to get used to because I feel like it is kinda I don't know if it's just it's, if that's just an experience thing. Like once you know it's an that you're solid, thing you for shoot girls. for it. But like, um, I feel like my last my last lady didn't let me do it at all. Which I didn't do it a bunch because she had braces. But mm-hmm. like, still, I mean, it was weird because I had to consciously like retract. <laughs> Are you gonna? <laughs> yeah, okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> do do the the do the noises? How does it go? <laughs> um but anyway he like shoves his tongue down my throat and i'm like okay whoa buddy i mean first kiss right did you say whoa buddy no okay i can't say no but i probably say it though yeah no i get that i feel like once i'm once i'm in those situations women kind of have me trapped like i'm like okay. ball is in their court right so like we're we're kissing and Movie ends, and like it just the whole time it's sloppy. Mm-hmm. I'm just the movie or the kissing. Okay, it's like I really nothing like nothing about it. I enjoyed. I'm nothing. so sorry, but I like I had really, slobber on my nose. Oh, oh. <laughs> I do. I do really like the idea of sloppy kissing while like 13 year old Millie Bobby Brown is sprinting away from giant <laughs> reptiles. <laughs> Well, it wasn't really like that. It was like a dog licking your face, making out with you. Yeah. I don't let dogs or people lick my face. I hate them. (laughs) I hate sloppy things. Well, um, so the movie ends and I'm like ready to go. And this dude is like, no, no, no. 
one more kiss. Let's just kiss more. Let's, you know, this and this. I'm like, no, no, no. Are the I, lights on at this point? Yeah. No. I'm like, I'm ready to go. He's like, no, I, I, I want to kiss more. And so like, I'm like, okay, one more kiss. Like, I'll give you one more kiss and I'm going. And he like holds me in and is like, like fat ass kiss. I'm like, oh God. Right. And so I'm like, okay, bye. You know, he hugs me. It's the hug I like, but I'm already like, oh. Yeah. And so I walk straight to the bathroom and I hide in there until my mom comes and picks me up. And I tell my mom and I just bawl my eyes out. I'm like, do I still like this dude? And I still liked the dude after. Really? Yeah. Habit. Object. I don't know. I still liked the dude after. Oddly enough. How? Well, he was a really sweet guy. And he um, was charming, I guess you could say. The words uh, of, of which... Nothing would... about that seemed charming. Nothing about that story was no. like... That, that oh, was not charming parents. at all. Apparently he liked me the whole rest of the year. That, but, uh, that I do get. But uh, I didn't. Because, I mean, I, I I don't even think he knew that was my first kiss, though. That was your first? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I know. Yeah. And, yeah, so he, that was the end of the story with him. But I had liked him for years. He'd liked me for years. We, you know, we we talked for a while. We were in drama for together. For years? You talked for years? I mean, we knew each other since 7th grade, 8th grade, ninth grade, 10th grade, 11th, all the way up. Do you mean, you don't use talk to mean communicate. Like, I like mean, we were, talk. No, we didn't talk, talk. Okay. We were friends. Like, s- remain friends. Friends who sloppy kiss. Oh, yeah. In front of Millie Bobby Brown. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> For sure. But yeah, that was, that's basically the end of the story with him. But I... I saw him the other day. He was here. He was singing. And me and him went to say hi. Like, hey, gave you a big hug. Yeah. Licked your lips. Yeah. I was like, hey, you know, nice to see you again. And my parents were friends with him. Like, we were all family friends, Mm -hmm. you know, and he was over a lot. That's just how that went with him. Okay. But if you consider that a cute story, hmm. I have to hear the virginity <laughs> one. The virginity I one? Have oh to. my gosh. Okay. Oh, let me just get started with I had a friend named Emma who her and I were close. And this will kind of go into the story of Emma too with him. I got I got Emma on there. Well She's a little later. She well, okay. You can go now. You can go. Okay. She um I was friends with her for a good three years, right? Yeah. And we go to, like, this back-to-school bash. Um, They have, like, color wars, you know, water. Um, You do pull-ups somewhere, whatever. You're all hanging out. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm like, there was this boy I think is cute. His name was Caleb. I was like, I invited him to back-to-school bash, so he, he should be here. I said, I'll see him here. I was like, I want you to meet him. I, I really like him. Like, I, wa- I want to get with him. Yeah. And she's like, okay. So 
current time, he's like doing pull-ups on like this uh, ROTC thing. That, As like, Caleb's do. Yeah. <laughs> and so like, I'm like, hey, Caleb, you know, like, what's up? Hey. And like, we go say hi. And because I was feeling bold. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to put myself out there. I'm going to start saying hi to people. I'm going to be confident. No. She meets him and it's like they're friends and everything. And we meet his friend. And later on, we all decide to go to Texas Roadhouse together. We're like, oh, all four of us, you know, we clicked like that. You know, let's let's go get some food. Yeah. We go. Um, we go out and get Texas Roadhouse and, you know, it just becomes our group after a while. We just, we hang out, we get high and Emma, Emma, first time I ever got high, Emma got me high at a black light party and I was zooted out the wazoo. Oh my gosh. Oh, I thought I was going to die. You found out where the wild things were. Oh, I did. I was like, whoa. I ended up, I was standing outside at one point and then on the dance floor, middle of the dance floor at another <laughs> with strobe lights. I was like freaking out. It was crazy. Um, but anyway, back to Caleb. I had a dream one, one night that her and him, like Emma and Caleb, I had a dream one night that Emma and Caleb kissed in front of my car and I watched it and like that it, they confessed that they liked each other. And so like the next day I went up to her and I was like, you know, I'm, I'm getting these dreams, which means something like, like, do you like him? Like, if you do tell me, you know, like, let me know and I'll be okay with it. Just let me know now. So I stop liking him. She, she's like, okay, okay. I don't yada, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. So through time I continue to like him. And I remember we went and rode scooters one time and he asked her to ride with him. Like the razors? Like downtown scooters. Like you go downtown and the lime scooters you get on. What? Are they like the ones that are on campus here? Yeah. Those electric scooters. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But you go downtown and like drive through the buildings and everything. Mm -hmm. But mine had died and his friends had died. And so we get in my car, and Caleb asks Emma to ride around with him for a little bit. And I was like, and so his friend kind of gets pushed onto me. And Emma's like, just hang out with him. Just hang out with him. Mm. Fucking bitch. Mm. Emma, you skank. Yeah. And so I'm like, all right. Um, So, like... Honestly, though, I feel like I dodged a bullet because, come to find out, Caleb was a whole-ass controlling man. Boy. Boy. He was very controlling. And I wasn't really... I'm glad I didn't end up with him. But um, his friend I started talking to. (laughs) And one night we all went to... Oh, that dream I had, it came true. Where they kissed in the in front of my car, it comes true. Okay, Miss Prophet. Yeah, like they, it was. I get a lot of deja vu, and it's like I'll dream about it and then it happens, and it's really weird. Oh yeah, that's deja vu. I hate it. 
Deja vu. It happens a lot. My deja vu is always insignificant. Mm -mm. I'll dream about it, and then I'm like, I'm like, I'm having deja vu right now. My deja vu is like really specific instances where I'll be at a kitchen table, mm -hmm. and I'll be like taking a a, a sip. A, it's a, what do you call like a a gulp of gogurt? Do you know go, do you know what gogurt is? Uh huh. A slurp. A bite. A slurp. A drink. Uh. A guzzle of gogurt. Yeah. It's. Uh. Yeah, it'll be like I'll have this very specific, vivid memory of me like looking down at my hand. And then I'll look up at other people mm -hmm. and um, they'll say something, but it's not something that matters. Yeah. And, it's and then that'll happen. Way. My deja vu is like random like that, though. Like it's insignificant in that if you were making a Carson movie, mm -hmm. it would not make it into the final screenplay. Yeah. Not even close. Well. Not even in the background. My deja no. vu was the other day I was with Michaela and her grandma in like the wrapping presents. And I'm like, I'm having deja vu. And they're like, oh, da, 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 continue talking. And I'm like, it's still going. Like, it's still going. Make it stop. And it freaks me out. I feel like I'm not real. Like, I feel like I'm living a different person's life, if that makes sense. Like, I guess. I don't disassociate that much, so I don't really have a frame of reference for it. I don't I'm not know. I'm going to lie. But. But that's that's how, how it is. It's really weird. But anyway, so I had that dream about them. It comes true. Mm -hmm. And me and his friend, his friend's name is Nate. So Caleb and Nate and me and Emma, we go to the fair in my car. I, I drove a little Chevy Sonic. You know, mind you, it's just this little black car. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and we all, we bring a pin with us to get high off of. We go to the fair and we park in this like neighborhood across from the fair so we don't have to park on fairgrounds and mm -hmm. pay. And we go ride a few rides and Emma and Caleb go off and do their own thing and me and Nate are like, well, you know, like, what do we do now? Like, we had no real connection. I felt like, like I, I didn't really like the dude. I was just there with him. Because of Emma and Caleb. Yeah. So we go back to the car. I'm like, let's let's just leave. So we go back to the car and get high. And, you know, it was one of the first times I'd ever been high. So I got... <laughs> I believe zoink is the proper <laughs> terminology. Yeah. Um, with my young hormones, I... Um, and a boy, and I was high. I was. We decided to like make out, right? Sure. We had a whole make out sesh, music going, whatever. Um, so we get in the back of my seat, and we're like, "How about we just fuck outside of some random person's house in my car? We're high off our ass." Sure. Um, you know, he takes his shirt off. I don't remember much from that but i remember the cop showed up oh and he's hurrying to put his shirt on right 
and it was somebody it was a cop giving a ticket to another person that had parked in front of me because they parked in front of like a driveway <sighs> and so we're like hiding right yeah um not soon after emma and caleb come to the car right and we didn't really like do anything yet so we're just like in my trunk <laughs> with the seats down the seats are down mm-hmm. and so it's like this kind of bed whatever and emma we're high so emma like drives us to like this it, it's like ihop but a knockoff version of ihop yeah by the fair and we park i, I think they call it waffle house it wasn't waffle house it was a denny's like an apple not apple barrel but an apple something what i don't know (laughs) but um i remember he emma and caleb were in my front seat and he fingered caleb i mean (laughs) what (laughs) caleb was fingering emma in the front seat of my car Okay. And meantime, you're not driving your own car. No, I was high. Okay. And Emma hadn't been at the time. Yeah, my so. bad. I didn't realize you were a dork. Okay. <laughs> and so, um, no, I'm a little miss. I can only drive sober. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I was young too. And so, he, we decide to fuck while they're still in the car. And I remember he had condoms, and they were flavored condoms, and it was like strawberry. And How did you find out they were flavored? You could smell them. Smell? You could smell the condom. Like when you open it, you can smell it. And you know it was like flavored? he told me. He told me, and oh. I was like, anyway, um, he didn't know how to put it on. I remember have putting it on for him, and um, he was like. <clears throat> I remember it was it hurt and I wanted him to stop and I was like okay like he was heavy on me right and it was hot in there mm-hmm. and I was like okay I need you to stop like I need you to stop like right now and he wouldn't stop and I like called out for Emma and then she goes guys and he stops and like an ambulance drives by and i like s- like kind of move a little bit um or i was trying to move and um i was like oh i thought that was the cops or whatever and then emma and caleb were like we're going to go in so they decide to go into the breakfast place and um he finishes and um, then we go in. And I played it off like everything was fine. So when you said, when you stopped, what what was happening? Was it just like, was he just sitting there like on? Like you? he just stopped like while he was in me. Just like mm. stopped and like, because we heard an ambulance going by. He thought it was the police or something. So, anyway, it was a scary moment. And we went in and ate. 
And I remember there was this old couple staring at us, and I was like this the whole time. Like, trying not to show my face, because I was still high, too. Yeah. So, that was my first time. <laughs> not very fun, but um, after that, I just kind of didn't really care about it. I didn't feel like I had any purity left. So, I just kind of threw it away. I don't think purity is something that can be taken. Because but I was the one purity, who got high purity exists. Purity exists as an abstract concept anyway. And mm. what purity is is it's a self-regulated belief. Mm-hmm. It's a self-regulated self-esteem-based idealization of yourself. But it's also something There's there's no there's no situation in which somebody takes purity from you. And I'm not saying I'm not saying that like a it's not real. I'm saying it in the sense that the idea that a man can take something away from you that makes you pure is misconstrued because you are the same as you were. Yeah. You are Jordan <clears throat> with a shitty sex experience with a shitty guy. Yeah. That's not less pure. Well, that's just that's just Jordan with mediocre sex encounter with subpar male. Well, like when I got with Noah, I just I wasn't ready for it, but I did it anyway with him. Because I was like, I mean, and Noah was your first love? My first love, yeah. And so was it the type of love that you like you eventually I loved convinced him, yourself to glow into? It wasn't a spark immediately. It was a spark immediately, but it was like I wasn't ready for sex. I wasn't mm-hmm. it the relationship was not ready for sex. Like us together. Um and it was like we kind of just like I remember like it was one of the first times I was in his room. It was the first time at all I'd ever been in his room and he was like, I wanna have sex. And I was like, Really? And he's like, Yeah. And I was just like, Okay. I didn't care anymore about my purity because I felt it had been taken from me. I felt like I'm like I, okay, whatever. And but there was an instance before Nate, um, with a girl. Mm-hmm. You know those three girls I talked about when I was friends with Isaac, who I got drunk with. Yeah, eighth grade friend group. Yeah, um, <clears throat> one of the girls liked me, and mm-hmm. I guess you could say Isaac wasn't my first kiss, but he was my first boy kiss, first thing I ever counted. Yeah. Um. But with these girls, I got drunk. 
and um one night one of the girls was on top of me and kissing me and <laughs> I remember I was like okay I'm done like I'm done and yeah. I pushed her in the chest to get her off and I moved to the right and she threw up <laughs> on my arm <laughs> Yeah, and then the whole rest of the night she continued to throw up, and she had alcohol poisoning, and it was alcohol I had brought and mixed from my parents' cabinet. You basically have the life of a Disney princess. Oh, really? So ideal. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> um, but like this, it 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 was like I didn't want to kiss her. Mm-hmm. She was like, oh, this this coconut will go great with pineapple and we're drunk and we're young. And I'm like, I don't fucking, you know, I don't care. Why not? Mm-hmm. And we're like, let's learn. Let's learn how to kiss for when we have a boyfriend, when we're with a boy, when we're this and this and this. It is a convenient but excuse. come to know she likes girls, you know. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. But um, I remember I was, I just, I put myself in those situations where people could take a of me what do you mean put yourself there like i was the one who got drunk with them and didn't take up for myself and say i didn't want to do those things i was the one who was like okay sure well you didn't even initiate it but also i'm a curious person (laughs) so i wanted to know but once it's happening i'm like Oh, like that's that's really scary. I don't want to do this anymore. I I'm done. I'm done, you know. And I don't have time to. I'm not allowed. I, I don't know. So I just have to accept it because I did it. I think because we live in a consumer-based reality. Mm-hmm. And we understand most of our relationships, most of our encounters, most of our um, interests, we don't understand them as free-flowing desires. We understand them as products and as currency and as transactional. And I think... I had, when I was a senior, Mm. specifically, I was really ugly when I was young in high school. I feel. And I was was pretty for a very long time before that. And I don't mean super pretty, Mm. but like, I mean, I was, I was fine, look, I'd look completely fucking fine. Mm. And I was, I was funny and smart and all that shit. And then around like ninth grade, I got insane acne. Puberty hit. Yeah. It was, I can show you later. It was like, it was genuinely bad. It was like, I think it was maybe like 20 to 25% of all of my pores were zits, Mm. which is, and it was cystic Mm. and it was, it was huge and it was 
really my bad. My sister went through a phase like that. Yeah, and so I the her the like did not yeah her as a person. Yeah, <laughs> you know no, what I mean. I get you. My um my formative teen years were very much spent with that um you know I'm growing up within that consumer that transactional idealization and this sexual fetishization and particularly the sexual obsession that's Mm -hmm. instilled in young men Mm -hmm. and when I was 17 I started to um the acne started to fade Mm -hmm. and I wasn't I was slightly less skinny I didn't have a perfect body or anything but I was I was relatively skinny and I was pretty fit and I was you know, I feel like my personality's solid mm-hmm. and I'm starting to not be completely fucking hideous. Yeah. And people want me again. And I entered an objectively slutty period where the transactional idealization started becoming transactional realities. Mm-hmm. And I actually didn't sleep with anybody mm-hmm. while I was in school. Like the entire time. Yeah. I did not sleep with anybody in high school but I would have these encounters where I would um I don't know if you can still call them hookups when you're like going out and like making out with people mm. and like steaming yeah. up windows in the back seat of a <laughs> car but it was like it was everything but because I still had this um I still had this purity culture like bell yeah a ding in in the back of my head like you still gotta chill somewhat yeah but it was still I hopped into a very cruel and very mechanistic understanding of it. And I was flying around and using these people as, I don't even know if I can call it gratification because there's not satisfaction that comes from it. Mm -hmm. There's just, it's you do what you think you're supposed to do and you do what you desire like for a very brief moment. Yeah. That like overwhelming horniness right before you do it. And then you're like, oh, never, <laughs> never mind. <coughs> and I think that's kind of similar to what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And then it would actually happen. And I would enter this state of like, okay, okay, <laughs> okay. Like we're good. Yeah. But there's just, you don't feel like. I mean, you're already somewhat vulnerable enough that you put yourself in this position. Mm-hmm. And it yeah. it feels almost rude to retract yourself. Mm-hmm. And so you end up in this very, um, you end up with a perpetual state of worthlessness that you only assume can be gratified by like the next better hookup. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a it it's not it's it's a rapid descent it's a rapid descent and you can't see the walls around you anymore and you can't see the light above you from mm-hmm. where you were falling so you don't know you're falling anymore yep it's a rough place to be in to not know that you're falling and also um exclusively exclusively place the blame on yourself for being in the hole in the first place but the hole was unavoidable you didn't put yourself in the hole 
Yeah. And it's not, it's not a loss of purity. It's a loss of direction. Mm-hmm. You don't lose purity because your purity, your purity isn't in sexuality. Mm-hmm. Your purity is in your interactions with your friends. I've seen it in real time. Mm-hmm. Your purity is, it's when you're in the non-manic state of mom friend. Mm-hmm. It's when you are in the position where um, you're with a friend Mm -hmm. and that friend should be able to logically should be responsible enough that she can do her own fucking laundry and clean her dorm room. But we don't operate logically. And you know that. Mm -hmm. And you know that via your purity. Via your purity. (laughs) (laughs) That willingness to be like, okay, fuck it. I shouldn't have to do this for you, but you need it. Mm -hmm. I don't think you can call yourself impure while simultaneously having that sort of presence within you. So I don't think it's fair to say that your purity was taken because I don't, I don't see you and see an impure person. Hmm. I remember, um, when my dad found out, mm-hmm. my older sister had told him. Yeah. Which was such a betrayal for my older sister. Yeah. I mean, dang, really? It's very much a read your diary moment. Oh, yeah. Flashback. Well, my, yeah. Huh. Um, He, I didn't know he knew, but he was down by the fireplace. And the whole day he didn't come out of his room. And finally he did, and he was, like, crying by the fireplace. And um, I kept asking him what was wrong, and he wouldn't answer, wouldn't answer, wouldn't answer. And then finally my stepmom was like, well, um, if you haven't noticed, um, he knows that you've done this with so-and-so and this and this. And so it's just kind of like, oh, you know, my father knows. My own father, like, who thinks of me as, like, his little girl now sees me as what I felt was disgusting. And that type of situation should act as evidence that this purity shit isn't real. (laughs) It's not. It's not quantifiable. It's not measurable. It's not reality. What it is, is it's a rejection of reality in favor of an idealized caricature. Mm. You know, you weren't, you weren't changed you weren't stripped of anything it's not like your personality was taken it's not like you suddenly became worse it's not like you were suddenly cruel it's Mm -hmm. not like it's not like any light was stolen you know it's this horrible expectation and these horrible restrictions that you put that have been put on people to try to force them into artificial morality yeah there was no 
genuine difference. Not in any way that mattered between Virgin Jordan and current Jordan. <laughs> There's not. And the fact that he, um, there was no change in his eyes until he found out, until he was given that information, is proof of that. Because yeah. nothing changed except for his own dipshit adjacent understanding. Derogatory views. Sure. It's not real. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. Which kind of, it, it, it drove a hole in me and my dad's relationship. Mm-hmm. Like, because that happened. Um, I just, I was scared to go to my dad after that, after anything. Like, I was scared to share with my family anything that, um, happened in my life or was sad or scared me or, you know, also, you know, with the fights that went on there at that house, it was very, like, I never, I didn't feel safe opening up with my emotions because anything I said was turned around on me and used as like leverage for the next conversation. Mm-hmm. Like that, that was what happened with Nate. But so do you think, do you think the majority of that, that impact, the after effect of losing your virginity does it stem from that idea of impurity or do you think it's somewhat from watching your own our parents relationship is essentially our most foundational teaching of love Mm. and your foundational teaching is watching an implosion it's watching watching the descent from love it's it's lovers to enemies mm-hmm. you know and do you think some of that after effect is knowing your parents um lack of love to put it <laughs> gently did you feel some sort of unseen pressure for it to be different for your love and for your sex life to be gentle and to be loving and to be kind. Yeah. And the fact that it mm-hmm. wasn't felt felt familiar in a tragic sense. Mm-hmm. It was like I viewed love and I viewed like I had this whole movie outlook on how I wanted my life to be with love I wanted to find somebody and when I was ready I wanted you know I wanted to fall in love with them you know get married have kids you know things like that um but I wanted to find my one my only and that's that like I don't care about anybody else as long as I find my person that's who I'm gonna love and I'm gonna show all my love to and from there on I learned how to love from my mom out of everything my mom has been through, she showed me and my sister what love was. Like, she has been with us through thick and thin. So she is 
you know, was my person for a long time, but, you know, that relationship between us kind of got broken, I guess. We, we, we've had a lot of ups and downs, but now we're, we're closer than we have been. Mm-hmm. Back to loving people, I feel that I don't, like, what was, what was your question again? Like, do I? I was just wondering how much of it stems from this feeling of the loss of purity and how much of it stems from, oh, shit, it's happening to me now. Yeah. Um, My parents' situation yeah, might be that, mine. That was something I was really scared of. I didn't want to be, I didn't want to go in the same path my family had, my parents had. Um, it was a fear of mine. If I were to sit here and lay out all my fears, it would be second on the list. You know, I don't want to be like them. I want to have a family that is loved and doesn't have all this these problems in the background. It's not like drama filled. Mm-hmm. It's just love. Pure, simple. But I felt like I screwed it up. And I felt like I had to live with it. And I either had the chance to start over and fix it or, you know, just kind of do whatever. And I felt like there was no fixing it. So I chose to do whatever. I, you know, I felt like there wasn't, like, you can't. You mean no fixing the relationship with your dad, no fixing the fact that your first time isn't going to be the only time. Was it, was it that reality that there wasn't, mm-hmm. there wasn't just going to be a one and done? There I wasn't going to be a. I didn't. I wanted my dad to know I'd have sex w- when I'm presenting him that I'm having a baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like I, w- I want him. You know. That's how I envisioned that. I didn't. Not so young. It wasn't. It wasn't. I was what senior in high school, junior in high school. I felt like I was young. Somewhat, not super young. That's like seventeen. Yeah. But. I mean, I don't know. It just wasn't what I envisioned, and I felt like. I just made everybody disappointed with me and I was never going to get, I was, I no longer had the status of being a big sister of being um, a good role model because that's something I really strive for. Like with my family, like, you know, how you were talking about earlier how like you had to protect your you wanted to protect your sisters and things like that mm-hmm. um i remember there was a time when my stepmom was drunk and my little sister spilled something in the kitchen and she comes in and just starts screaming at my little sister and it's like why why the f would you drop that why you know pick it up right now this and this and this if you don't you know this and this and this and i'm like come on dude she just spilled something like, it's a simple fix. It's, that's that, you know. And, you know, I have, I, I told my little sister, I'm like, just go upstairs. Like, go upstairs, I'll get it. You know, it's late. So, 
Like, I promise it's okay. I'll get it. I'll get it. No. I get it. She goes upstairs. And, like, there were many times where I'd tell them just to go to the room, shut the door, and I'd lock it. And, like, I'd be fighting downstairs with Dad and Jamie. See, I was too good at it to have to tell them. Because I... It wasn't... um, The way that I described it made it seem like it stopped when I was a child. I was doing it well into high school mm-hmm. i think up until i moved out full-on like as an 18 year old but it shifted from that type of corporal punishment to um there would be so many instances of picking fights of them picking fights nagging and them nagging and you could tell very clearly when they're in position to um they're about to start grounding they're about to start taking things away Mm -hmm. and i am i became very talented at very subtly (laughs) shifting shifting blame and then all of a sudden they forget that they're mad at they forget that they're mad at they forget that they're mad at Mm -hmm. and it devolves into me getting like two to three hour lectures like weekly (laughs) Sometimes multiple in a week. And I'm not exaggerating when I say two to three hours. Like it would just be it would just be me sitting and they're just they're ranting about the exact same things Mm -hmm. and they just don't stop. Yeah. But and it just it has to be done. And it's also really important to remember that when I say that and when I bring up those examples, it's not because um it's not because my behavior is it's not to say my behavior is good for me either mm-hmm. or good for you because I don't know if it is admirable that we we're trying to I mean it's almost like are you familiar with the myth of Sisyphus? Mm-mm. Okay. So very basic details. There is this man Sisyphus who pisses off gods and um gods are petty as fuck Mm -hmm. at least his gods are in his story and these gods curse sisyphus to perpetually roll a boulder uphill for eternity Mm -hmm. the rest of his days which are for which is forever the man Mm -hmm. will live forever that's part of the curse and instead of Instead of succumbing to that sort of misery Mm -hmm. and instead of being like, oh my God, this is perpetual torture, Sisyphus leans into it and he makes it, um, he makes it his fucking mission to almost enjoy the struggle if only in spite. It's like a fuck you I'm going to do this because I can and I'm going to enjoy this because it's my boulder. Mm -hmm. It's my journey. It's my trial, my tribulation. But now I feel like we in a much. I feel like we kind of force ourselves into that position. And there's a slight differentiation because we are fucking real. And there is not a motherfucker alive 
who wants to roll a boulder up the hill for eternity. It's an mm-hmm. allegory. And when we try to force ourselves into that position and trick ourselves into uh, this needs to be done, even in spite of myself, I think not only does it erode us, but I think it erodes the people around us because I think so much of who we are is dependent on our interpersonal relationships. You know, so much of who we are is that mother-daughter relationship, the mother-son mm-hmm. relationship, uh, uh, a lover-lover relationship, yep. uh, a sister-brother relationship, yep. a father-daughter relationship. And so... I'm not sure I see the value in committing to rolling the boulder up the hill when we understand that muscles get sore and if sore muscles don't rest, it doesn't build muscle. It tears them. Mm-hmm. Brings you down. You don't get jacked if you're perpetually sore and you don't rest. You get fucking hernias. <laughs> yeah. So, that said, I feel like we need to stop rolling the boulder for a second. And I think we need to divulge into something a little light. And so, I know it may not be light because there's a lot of grief that follows this topic for the both of us. Because we're both in very similar places right now. Mm-hmm. But... Forgetting the pain of right now and remembering what was, getting in that mindset. I want to hear about him. Noah. Yeah. You know who him is. Just like I, you know who her is for me. Yeah. You know. Um, Noah was the boy I looked for in the movies. He was you know like in the notebook yeah i like that movie a lot he was my man um was it that was noah in the notebook too wasn't it noah and Allie? i think so yeah i had a really big rachel mcadams kick (laughs) she is my biggest actress crush ever (laughs) oh i know (laughs) she's like no we've talked about this but she's so beautiful you you think she's like the prettiest girl on earth no, I think she's the prettiest actress. <laughs> no, she's very she's really beautiful. pretty. She's really pretty. Um, I've seen better. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> she wouldn't be my favorite. I've seen like one better. She is incredibly beautiful. Yeah. Very big Rachel McAdams fan. Um, but okay, so Noah. Actually, hold on. This is, we're going to keep going, but we are at two hours and 19 minutes. So I am going to split this into two parts. So we're going to continue. But for those listening, come back next week if you want to hear about Noah. I appreciate you dropping in. Um, I think you're going to be episode three too, because might as well. I feel like we still got a ways to go. Thank you. So um, yeah, y'all can fuck off now. Bye. <laughs> See you next week.